0: And welcome to another episode of the REP podcast. This is a brand new season, and I am so excited to be able to share the knowledge that I have in store for you for this particular season. We're going to be focusing a lot on emotional intelligence, not only what it is and why it's important but also looking intensely at each of the quadrants that are included as part of the emotional intelligence whole and my intention with this series is to support you to increase your emotional intelligence so that you can go out into the world and develop amazing relationships and find success in every single endeavor that you choose emotional intelligence for me is the cornerstone of most of the work that i do with my clients and i wanted to be able to give this information in its theoretical form to those of you who are not able to work with me right now so that you can start the process of understanding what emotional intelligence is and perhaps even glean some really useful tools from this series that you can use for the rest of your life. So, with that in mind, let's get into session one. Why is emotional intelligence so important and what exactly is it? When we think about what it means to be smart, we may think of people who do well in school. We may think about people who get high academic grades or even those who are qualified geniuses. They have a high IQ. But more and more as the decades pass, Successful leaders are recognized for something arguably more important than high intelligence quota. They also have the ability to identify, to interpret, and to manage emotions in themselves and then in other people as well. And we call that emotional intelligence. And in my experience, emotional intelligence is the cornerstone of every relationship that you have in your life, most importantly, the relationship with self. It can help you both at work and in your everyday life. And there have been multiple studies done over the last 20, 30 years that have shown that people with a high emotional intelligence quota, which is abbreviated to the two letters EQ, are more likely to kick professional goals in the workplace and or develop and create really beautiful successful businesses they also feel happier and healthier and they have better personal and professional relationships and it's for this very reason that i started to learn more about emotional intelligence i worked in the hr industry for many years close to two decades I think it was just under two decades and the biggest gap that I saw with leaders was that they were very good at what they did they were promoted into higher positions be seen to climb the corporate ladder but they were never taught emotional intelligence they were never taught how to become self-aware and That was the missing piece in a lot of the leadership that I saw as part of my journey through working grassroots HR all the way up until coaching and leading senior executives. Now, the three ways in which I see emotional intelligence have the most impact on professional success is, as I've mentioned, number one, awareness. This allows you to consider what sort of a person you are, how you react to different scenarios, and how others might describe you. This is a process of accepting your strengths and your weaknesses, and this generally is the first step towards your own evolution. The second thing is that from this awareness, this self-awareness, we lead into self leadership, and or self management. Once we understand ourselves, we can lead ourselves, we can manage our emotions to the point where we process them in an efficient and productive way. And we know that once we understand ourselves, and we can understand our own emotions, we are more likely to hold space for other people when they're processing and going through the, the, the their own understanding of their own emotions. And from there, we get to lead others. Mm. Daniel Goleman is and was the pioneer of this work. A quote that he shared was this, By teaching people to tune into their emotions with intelligence and to expand their circles of caring, we can transform organizations from the inside out and make a positive difference in the world. And so with that in mind, let's look at the five basic emotions. Yes, I said only five. Some texts will talk about six, but for this series, we'll just go through the first five. The idea with the five core emotion theory is that if we summarized all the research that was done towards labeling the basic human emotions, we can conclude that there are five basic emotions. They are joy, fear, sadness, disgust, and anger. Now, understanding our emotions is a very important part of our own mental health. And there are many diagrams that can be found on the internet, of which I will link in the show notes as well, that represent the five basic emotions. And then there are varying degrees of those five that almost identify various intensities within those five domains. All emotions vary in intensity. I'm sure we can all agree with that. And we use language, the spoken language, to help us describe and construct our inner experiences of emotions. And I find the diagrams to be quite useful in helping people to describe their feelings. It's an easier way to see something and then identify with it rather than just trying to pluck it out of thin air. And so if this is all very new to you, and this is the first time that you're starting to learn how to identify your emotions, I would highly recommend that you become accustomed to working with these sorts of tools, these diagrams or these cheat sheets, as you, want to, as you may want to call them, just to help you get past the barriers to understanding your own emotions. Now, we know that emotions have a physiological component and that each emotion is experienced differently within the body. Being able to describe your emotions or even just to name them, that provides us with a capacity to understand ourselves and our reactions. It's really important that through this work we learn how to reflect. And in a lot of the work that I've been teaching for However long, the first thing I always suggest to my clients is that they find time in the day for stillness, for reflection, for contemplation, and/or meditation and prayer. It just depends on what it is that you're looking for within your stillness practice. But the main point of doing this is so that you, as an individual, can learn what it means to reflect. What it, learn, what it means to be with yourself, to understand yourself more intimately, because this in turn helps us to understand our own emotions, which then enables us to begin to understand the emotional experience of others, which is crucial to the ability to empathize and mentalize, which is an essential part of a healthy relationship. Emotions in themselves have important functions or meanings. For example, anger anger can be an indication that something is wrong, that something has been lost, that you're feeling confused. However, these emotions can also be very misleading at times. And this is where the work of counselling, therapy, mentorship can really support you to take a more balanced interpretation of your emotion I always say there's the emotion that you think is there and then there's the layer b- below that emotion and then there's the real reason. There's the real emotion underneath that. And my job as a mentor, as an emotions mentor, is to help you get from the surface level and we dig at least at least two layers down to support the excavation of what's really in there what's really going on beneath the surface it's important to mention as well that every one of us will experience emotions very differently and so regardless of how you might name your emotion it's really important and useful to understand that they are on a continuum and they have a physiological component which is to say that they're felt in the body and there's a lot of incredible work that was done by Candace Pert, of which I'll also link in the show notes, that shows that the emotions that we experience that are stimulated through neurochemicals in the brain make their way chemically into the body. And if we don't process those emotions in an effective way, If we don't feel them and allow them to pass through us they lodge themselves within our tissues which in time can cause the manifestation of dis-ease or even disease. But for now let's start talking about triggers and emotional hijackings. This word trigger has been used so much in the personal development world. And I've heard a lot of people say that they don't like the word trigger, that because it's been overused, it is a trigger for them. (laughs) But we're going to use it in this because it's a term used amongst emotional intelligence professionals. Now, emotional hijackings is also something that's used. Sometimes people can call it an amygdala hijacking and this is moments in your life where your emotions control your behavior and you react without thinking this can manifest as one of three things and you've probably heard this before fight take flight freeze or fright fear. The fight, flight, freeze response, it's generally three, is how the body responds to perceived threats. It is an involuntary reaction and it involves a number of physiological changes that help someone prepare. What are they preparing for? Well, in fight. I mean, that's pretty self explanatory. That's to fight or take action to eliminate danger. Yeah. Flee, which is that escaping danger that involves escaping and freeze is really when you become immobile, you freeze. The names are pretty self-explanatory. You get what we're saying. So some tips on how to combat flight, fight, or freeze. Yeah. Firstly, use your breath. Take a deep breath in. Hold the breath and then breathe the breath out for as long as you can. Very, very long exhalation. It is pertinent that you practice this when you are not upset. And the reason is because when you're in a state of emotional hijacking, like I said, it's involuntary. And what you're doing when you're practicing breath or when you're meditating or when you're calming the nervous system, whether that's through a yoga practice or whatever it is, you're teaching your nervous system to respond in a different way. There is a lot to be said about these ancient practices that have been westernized. Westernized? Is that a word? It is now. And one of the main points of using yoga to relax the nervous system is so that when you're off the mat, you can show up In a way that serves both yourself and the people around you your first reaction is always going to be emotional it's what you do after that little reaction that matters the most now this is where the word trigger comes in when something generates a prolonged reaction that's what you call a trigger event yeah so The emotional reaction is involuntary. It's the way that you are culturally or habitually programmed to react to a certain situation. If you don't catch that emotional reaction and you look to go and do something to either numb it or fix it or suppress it or repress it, that Emotional reaction, or the thing that caused the emotional reaction, is what is called a trigger event. It triggered an emotional reaction that then wasn't caught in time. Reactions are shaped by your personal history. Yeah. All reactions are shaped by your personal history. And this is where the work becomes really important because as we start to understand emotional intelligence and work on a one-on-one basis, which I highly recommend you do, whether it's with myself or another coach, if you're struggling with these emotional reactions or uh, emotional hijackings, then it's very difficult for you to see what is actually going on underneath the surface because you are being taken away by an involuntary action and you don't really know what's caused it until you take the time to learn a little bit more about yourself. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the four quadrants. We're going to look at what they are and we're going to talk a little bit about the examples that would see you in good stead of, those, of one of those quadrants or that which may be a little bit lacking. And so I really do hope that you join me for the next session as we delve into emotional intelligence. Bye for now. So there you have it. We are done with the episode for today. Should you wish to hang out with me on any social media platforms, Instagram is where I hang out the most. My handle is at Ariana Pinar, spelt double N, double A. And... If you are looking to jump onto my very important person's mailing list, my VIP mailing list, please click in the link in my bio on Instagram or feel free to jump straight to my website, dub.ariana, spelt with a double N, dot com dot au. And I will see you, hear from you, be with you in the next episode. Bye for now.